Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We kick off hour two with uh, Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver, current ESPN NFL analyst. And, Harry, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And veterans for the Raiders report to camp tomorrow. You were a longtime wide receiver in the league. What did that mean to you when it became that this time of year? Well, it means, number one, that Everything that you have going on outside of football, you might as well forget it because it takes that focus and that attention to detail in order to get ready for the season. But I'll tell you this, training camp, man, it's also a time you get to bond a lot more with your teammates because you all stay together and you are away from home for so long. So you can build that chemistry, um, have that rapport with one another moving into the season. So when it came to being out there and, and, like you said, the camaraderie and building that rapport with your teammates, was there a time in, in camp when you could say, you know what, I see something special in this player? You know, we always talk about guys that we don't know going into camp and then all of a sudden we learn about them during camp. Is there guys that you're able to identify pretty early on? Yeah, we had a little guy at the wide receiver position. His name was Darius Johnson. And um, I remember back when I was playing, I remember – we had a lot of people get hurt that year. Uh, Roddy got hurt, Julio got hurt, and then Darius stepped in different parts throughout that season and made some plays. But he was the guy that we were high on in camp, just seeing the way he moved, looking at his one-on-ones, um, the, the way he got open, the, how naturally he caught the football, his route running ability. So it's easy to point out guys who, who, who are able to stand out that you might not know so much about going into training camp. But then the way they, they're able to fit into the room and just be one of the guys as well, I think that is huge also. You know, you mentioned Julio Jones, Roddy White. What is it like to have an alpha dog wide receiver in the room? What does that do for not only the wide receiver room but the rest of the team? Well, I, I, number one, it sets the tone. And I was lucky, um, lucky enough to play in a group where our wide receiver group was the best group on the football team. So our mindset was that, okay, the team is going to go, go, only going to go as far as we allow them to go. So we took on that pressure, and we told we, our entire receiver group, we put it amongst ourselves, guys who are special teams player, special teams are going to go, go, only going to go as far as you allow in this wide receiver room. Guys who play a lot on offense, this team is only going to go as far as we allow. So that was our mindset, and we held each other accountable. It didn't matter what it, didn't matter what it was. If it was something that I need to be checked about, Roddy would check me. If there's something Julio need to be checked about, I would check him. Or vice versa, if Julio checking me and Roddy. It, 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 we never had egos in our room, and that's one of the things you can love about football. And also when you know you have a good group on a team is when the coach doesn't have to do a lot of the checking. Guys hold each other accountable uh, throughout the season. 
Talking right now with Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver, current ESPN NFL analyst here on NSA Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And, Harry, we've done some shows together, and you've told me that, hey, I like what they have going on with the Raiders. I like Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. And on top of that, what Josh McDaniels brings to the table, what are your expectations for the silver and black as they head into training camp? Well, I'll say um, if I'm looking at the season, I think they have to make the playoffs, right? It doesn't matter if they win the division or they just get in. Uh, as a wild card spot because, number one, the AFC is tough as a conference, but then you look at their division, the division that they're in, the Kansas City Chiefs with the Chargers, with the Denver Broncos, I do believe it is the toughest in the NFL. So just getting into the, getting into the playoffs uh, should be their goal. I know that that's not what they're going to say. They want to win the division. They want number one seed. I understand that. But just get into the playoffs. And then once you get there, anything can happen from that moment. Looking at this wide receiver court, I'm even going to add Demarcus Robinson to that, mm-hmm. a guy that we've seen play the vital role in Kansas City for so many years. You can't just double one or two guys. You have so many weapons. And then not only that, you have Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield, being able to receive the football and rushing the football. So I know Josh McDaniels is going to do everything in his power to basically make the defense not be right when he's game planning. And if you decide you want to double Darren Waller, okay, when well, you have a Devontae Adams, you have a Hunter Winfrey. If you decide you want to double those two guys, uh, Waller and, and, and Devontae Adams, then Hunter Winfrey is going to eat you up in the slot. So you can't be right as a defense when facing the Raiders, I don't believe. As a former wide receiver, what do you see when you look at quarterback Derek Carr? Well, I, I'm luxury enough. I had the opportunity to, to work out with Derek Carr a few weeks um, back when the team was in Oakland, uh, it was actually Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. Uh, it was Jordy Nelson at the time. Mm. Um, it was another tight end as well. But the thing that stuck out to me the most is he throws a catchable football. And that's underrated, I think, in the National Football League because you have some quarterbacks that try, that try to make every throw 100 miles per hour, and that's not the way it works. Throwing a catchable football, wide receivers love quarterbacks like that. Because he knows when to throw at 100 miles per hour. He knows when to throw at 70. He knows when to put 50, throw 50 miles per hour. He understands different routes in the route tree and how they work. He throws it with anticipation. I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to Derek Carr is look, through, look, look throughout the follow of the past years and his film and how he's been able to control things at the line of scrimmage, getting the offense into the right play. Um, if it's a bad play, get it to the right one. If it's a, if it's a good one, continue to stay in it surveying the defense, understanding, like the Baltimore Ravens game, you see it's cover zero. Okay, we got to get to this play. Next thing you know, it's a walk-off. The Raiders win that game. Things like that, the intangibles that he has, that I think not necessarily all the time you can coach because either some people have it or they don't have it. What do you think that his college teammate, Devontae Adams, they've been talking about playing together for a while. They finally get that opportunity. How much better do you think that they'll be able to communicate at the line of scrimmage because they do have that familiarity, even though it goes back to college? Well, I think it's important because those guys work out in the off season, just about every year. They're best friends. Uh, we got to remember, in college, in two years, if I'm not mistaken, I think Devontae Adams and Derek Carr linked up for over 3,000 yards, yeah. 34, 34 touchdowns. Right. So it's different from you know a, another kind of receiver coming over to a team. They already have that chemistry. They already talked on a consistent basis. They already trained together in the off season. So now they're just doing what. Now they want to do copy and paste what they did in college at the NFL level. 
As far as the defense goes for the Raiders, I just got a couple more questions from you. Uh, Chandler Jones joins the Raiders. He teams up with Max Crosby. Uh, what are your expectations for those two guys coming off the edge? Be dominant. Nobody's had more sacks than Chandler Jones since he entered the NFL. So uh, adding a guy like that to join Max Crosby, who I think is going to be dominant this year, just like he was last year with the 10 sacks that he had, um, I think it's a great pairing. I think it's a great duo. Now, a person I think needs to step it up a lot is uh, Farrell. Mm-hmm. I think Farrell has to step it up a lot more. And then that secondary, that secondary has kind of been the Achilles heel, I would say, of this defense. They need to be better. Those young guys need to step up and make plays. But I love what their linebacker core at, Denzel Perriman. I like him, Jayon Brown. I played with Jayon when I was in Tennessee. Another athletic guy that can get out and do some different things. And then Diablo, I think that linebacker core is solid, too. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Jayon Brown because I did want to close out with that as I realized that you played with them. Uh, the Raiders and every other team in the AFC West has a lot of tight ends that they have to cover, right? They, they have some dynamic tight ends in this division. How much do you think Jayon's going to be able to try to help eliminate a guy like a Travis Kelsey? Well, that's something he did a great job of when I was in Tennessee, being able to be that linebacker that can play all three downs and play some coverage. Now, Travis Kelsey is a different ballgame. I, I don't think any damn linebacker should be guarding <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I don't care who they are. Right? That, that should strictly be a DB, an athletic safety um, who has corner intangibles or a corner, period. Because uh, I, I just don't think that's possible. I think Darren Wall is the same way. Yeah. I look at him as being the same way. You can't just put linebackers on guys like that. But I think Zayon is a guy who can guard tight ends, depending on who the tight end is. Mm-hmm. I have to say that. Right, right. Uh, it, it will do phenomenal things. Well, you know, before I let you go, Harry, I wanted to ask you, uh, everyone's talking about these Madden ratings and if they got a 99 rating, if they don't have a 99 rating. How much did that ever kind of matter to you when you were playing? It didn't matter to me at all because I, I don't play video games. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right, but it seems like these guys take it really personal. Because they play video games. <laughs> well, there you go. I don't play. I don't play video games either. I don't think I played Madden since Richard Sherman was on the cover. We all know that that was quite a while ago. Well, Harry, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, with training camp getting started tomorrow, I wanted to make sure to to get your uh, you know pick your brain for a few minutes, uh, especially all things Raiders wide receivers. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. There he goes. Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver, current ESPN NFL analyst, breaking down the Raiders offense and what he likes. And look, we've done plenty of shows together on ESPN radio where he said, hey, I I like what the Raiders got going on. I think that Josh McDaniels and company are are in for some good things there in Las Vegas. So uh, it's always good to hear from a former wide receiver that's been there, done that. And uh, hey, we are here right now. It is training camp. The veterans will report Starting tomorrow, we'll be out there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I don't know who we're going to be talking to, but we're going to be talking to somebody, and we'll bring it to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Play action. Here's Carr looking left, firing. Touchdown! Jackpot, baby! Hunter Renfro, first to score! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Hunter Renfro is the answer to some of the questions that I've been throwing out there, at least some people's answer, including mine, to some of the questions I've been throwing out there as far as who's going to be the team leaders, catches and touchdowns, sacks and interceptions. And if you want to throw in another category, you can. But I wanted to pick out a couple offensive and a couple defensive. Again, catches, touchdowns, sacks and interceptions. Who do you think is going to lead in those categories for the Raiders in 2022? 702-365-9200. text sign 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, earlier today, we found out about some guys that were put on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. That's cornerback Trayvon Mullen and both defensive tackles, Jonathan 
Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols. And so a lot of people, including myself, said, well, that's good. Kenyon Drake's not on there. Also got a call about, well, that's good. Denzel Good's not on there. And then Vinny Bonsignor just put out a tweet. FYI, a couple other Raiders to keep an eye on in terms of the pup list, possibilities, Denzel Good and Kenyon Drake. Should have a better idea in the next day or so. So that's Vinny Bonsignor. You can hear him on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, he's from the Las Vegas Review Journal as well. Does a fantastic job. Raiders uh, beat writer and uh, has all the insight, has all the, the, the knowledge of what's going on, the ins and outs with the silver and black. So make sure you're paying attention to Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, and Heidi Fang, what they got going on with the morning tailgate. Right now, let's go out to the phone lines, though, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, Q and DeMond. Thank you for taking my call. No doubt. Uh, last time I called, I, didn't, I, I guess I misheard. I didn't hear you talking about training cap. I thought in general, but whatever. And <laughs> I, know, I, know, <laughs> I know Aaron Rodgers is a first ballot Hall of Famer. All I was trying to... Say is that he's not that guy that won that Super Bowl, and while he's still elite, you know, I don't think he's untouchable. You know, he's not the god of football that some people make him out to be. Although he's really good, you know, you can't deny that. No matter how you feel about the guy, but right. getting to the to the meat of the topic here, um, I think Renfro is going to have the most receptions. Okay, with the imposing figures of Waller and. And Adams, I think a league that consistently underestimates us is is you know they're gonna they're not gonna key in on him. They're gonna study the tape. They're gonna know he's dangerous, but they're gonna quote unquote trust a guy to go one on one with them. And we know how that goes. We haven't seen a DB that knows how to do that yet. So I think he'll get the most receptions, especially since he's become that safety outlet for Carr. Whenever everything else is breaking down, he knows that late in the play, Hunter's going to be open, or he'll find a way to get there, you know? Right. Yeah. And so I, I think that's it. I think Adams, though, will have the most reception yards. Right. Because he, he's got excellent separation. Somebody should have made Edward shadow him during the offseason so he could learn how to get a little separation from a guy, and maybe he'd have ended up staying with him. <laughs> but, you know... D.C. is a whiz at spreading the ball around. People forget that. You know, they forget that D.C. is mobile. He's just not a runner. Right. He's not going to take off and run. But he can, you know, outrun a defender if he needs to to get to the side to get a pass off. Right. And he'll spread the ball around. So that's going to make it even more difficult for defenses to just key in on those three guys. Right. He could dump it off to anybody. And like everybody's been mentioning, they're going to go with those big packages with two tight ends, and at that case, you know, I'm not a big fan of Murrow since he dropped off a little bit, but he is a good player, and he can make things happen. Um, and I think the clear choice for most tackles is going to be Perriman, unless he gets injured, which, you know, unfortunately has been often the case. And in that case, I think um, Abrams is going to come in and he's going to shut a lot of mouths up, including mine, that bad talked to him about missing tackles and all that because when he was playing on the li- on the line when he was playing that box safety role, I mean I don't think there's anybody that can knock him for that. His coverage was you know lacking, but <clears throat> he was pretty good in that box safety role. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. And I think 
the Condor and Jones are going to tie for 12 this season on sacks. All right. So we won't have one guy, but we'll have the production we want. And Merrick is going to be the clear choice for interceptions. I think he dropped a few last year, and I don't think that the coaches are going to watch that tape and let him continue to do that. They're going to get him on that jugs machine or, you know, talking to Tim Brown or however they got to do it to make him catch them balls. Um, my last little point, I'm going to go to the Grupo Firme concert, the Mexican regional group, um, the night before the game. And it's just like a highlight of who doesn't want to go to Vegas, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you get to go to this beautiful stadium. It's a jewel in the desert. And, you know, enjoy a, a weekend in Vegas. So who wouldn't want to go for concerts or games? You know, I was hoping they were going to get the World Cup, but we didn't. But, you know, there'll be other chances for big soccer games like that too it's it's a place to be now you know yep and that's that's what we are now the raiders are some somewhere to be that people don't clown on anymore so you know everybody thank mark davis nation he's done the damn thing thank you guys for taking my call you have a great day there he goes fargo raider thank you for the call my man and yeah the raiders are an organization that that players want to go play for and with and Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas is a place that uh, sports in general want to be played at, right? I mean, it's just the reality of it. A lot of sports are coming to Las Vegas, and uh, every every league wants a piece of it. And everyone sees the revenue that this city creates, and it's it's uh, it's just a good time, and it's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We have A.J. Cole from last night. We're going to get to him in a little while. Uh, we have Alex Leatherwood that we're going to get to at some point in the show, and also Josh Jacobs. That will be all before 5 o'clock, but I don't want to try to squeeze in uh, A.J. Cole right now knowing that we have uh, Brian Salmon who was at the Battle for Vegas last night uh, coming up in a, in a matter of minutes so I don't want to uh, I don't want to squeeze too much in, in in a few seconds but we had a call earlier and going to Fargo's call about uh, about Hunter Renfro and, and him thinking that he's going to have the most catches uh, I will say there's been multiple people that have pointed out to me hey you want to you want to see what Josh McDaniels could do with a high-powered offense go back to that 2007 Patriots team and obviously that's the team that featured Randy Moss and he had that monster season of course the Patriots uh, they had the record-breaking season and eventually lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants but Randy Moss had 98 catches in 2007 for 1,493 yards. Obviously, he was the big play, uh, you know, maker. And 23 touchdowns, by the way. Uh, nothing to shake a stick at, right? 23 touchdowns is monstrous. But uh, 98 catches, 1,493 yards. He was the big-time playmaker. But going to the Hunter Renfro is going to have the most catches, Wes Welker that year, the slot receiver, had 112 catches. So 14 more catches than Randy Moss did. Now, he only had 1,175 yards, and I say only. That's a ton of yardage, right? 1,175 yards. That's plenty. And he had eight touchdowns as well. So I'm not trying to compare Devontae Adams and and, and, uh, Hunter Renfro to Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Uh, Obviously, they had Tom Brady also as a trigger man, and that was just a real special team. But if that gives you any kind of idea of how special the offense can be under Josh McDaniels with big-time playmakers. Again, I don't expect 98 catches, almost 1,500 yards, and 23 touchdowns for Devontae Adams. I don't. And I don't expect 112 catches for uh, almost 1,200 yards for Hunter Renfro. But I could see those two kind of being neck-and-neck, similar to what Randy Moss and Wes Welker were back in 2007. So that's going to be something to definitely pay attention to. Uh, Before we get to Brian, let's go ahead and give something out. 
we got a lot of winning that we want to give out. We want to continue to hook folks up. Uh, going on at the Orleans Arena, I got four tickets for the Ultimate Ninja World Series Finals. It's going on the 21st through the 23rd, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Orleans Arena. You want to go there and check out some of the best qualified ninja athletes competing in Ultimate Ninja World Series, definitely hit us up right now at 702-365-9200. Looking for caller number nine. Again, 702-365-9200. Four tickets to the Ultimate Ninja World Series Finals going on the 21st to the 23rd at the Orleans Arena. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy, Q. Talking about the pub list that came out for the Silver and Black as they're on the the eve of training camp. It's going to be a lot of fun to see them get back out there in action. Trayvon Mullen, he's on the pup list. Bilal Nichols is on the pup list. And also Jonathan Hankins is on the pup list. And so uh, been hit up a few times by folks. Hey, how long do they have to be out? And uh, Vinny Bonsignor put out on Twitter, no designated time. All are eligible to return as soon as they're medically cleared. However, and this is what you got to uh, really focus in on. However, if any of them linger on the pup list past August 23rd, then they can't return until week five of the regular season. So that's the that's the part that you really have to pay attention to. If they're on that pup list past August 23rd, they're going to be out till at least week five. Just thought I'd pass that little nugget along right now. Join us on the phone lines is our good buddy Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas. He was the MC, one of the MCs last night at the Battle for Vegas, and uh, it was a lot of fun being out there. And, Brian, it was great to see you. How much fun did you have being the MC of the, of the whole shebang last night? My boy, Q. First, man, I appreciate you having me on, man, as always. And yeah, the battle for Vegas was ridiculously fun. And I can't lie, man, I felt like I was somebody out there. I had a jersey on. I was out there doing things, man. <laughs> yeah, no, man. You did have the jersey on, and we thought that that was really cool. I thought at some point, I thought I heard someone say they need a third baseman. So I thought, Brian, I thought you were going to play third base. Man, I would have got in there, but, you know, I played shortstop growing up, man. So, you know. <laughs> now they wouldn't let me in the hot corner, man. They didn't want me out there. <laughs> well, that would have been cool, man. And it was, like I said, it was great to see you out there and see you doing your thing. And uh, it was for a great event. I mean, the Golden Knights, Team Riley Smith, they come away at the victory 27-20. Uh, but it was all charity and it was all for the Las Vegas community. How important is that event that's gone on now three years in a row? It is huge. It is huge. I mean, first of all, it's huge because the people benefit from – you know, the enjoyment of us watching the Golden Knights and the, the Raiders play softball in a game that neither of them are very good at. But last night, they were out there balling. So, I mean, that's, that's always good. And bringing the, the professional sports fan bases together in one spot to me is huge. Yeah. And you see, like, you know what I mean? Like, isn't that dope? Yeah. No, it is. It's it's big time. And then you saw all the uh, all the mascots from all the teams here in town, from the Aces to the Aviators to the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiderettes were out there. I mean, there's so many representations of all the sport teams that are out here. I thought that that was really cool as well. And, and Brian, I asked this question earlier, and I, I really don't know the answer, but to me – it was a very Golden Knights crowd, and that's how it was to me last year when I went to my very first one. Uh, is there a time that you think it might even out, or it's just going to always be uh, Team Riley Smith or Team Golden Knights? You know what? That, that's a very interesting question, and I would agree with you. It seemed like it was a lot more pro-Vegas Golden Knights than it was pro-Raiders. And this is funny. I can share this with you. Darren Waller said to me as I was on the field, because you know, I was part of the team, but then uh, Darren Waller said to me, he was like, man, we're out here. We're the L.A. Clippers. 
<laughs> that's a good one. But that's what it seemed like, right? They were the Clippers, and, and the Golden Knights were the Lakers. And I'm, I'm assuming that just has to do with the, them being homegrown, right? You know what? I think that's exactly what it has to deal with. And, yeah, I thought that was a, a perfect analogy. Uh, good to come from someone who's got bars. You know, he's a rapper, so he's got his bars. Right. But, uh, yeah, the first year, the one the year that you weren't there, the year that I actually played in the game, there were, to me, it seemed like there were a lot more Raider fans at that one than this one. Uh, okay. Marcus Allen was there. Maybe that had something to do with it. But, yeah, there was a lot more fans there, I thought, in that game. But still, though, I mean, it was a good, it was a good crowd. It was a great crowd. Not good. It was great. Right. No, it really was. It was it was good to see, like you mentioned, those fan bases come together and, and them just have a good time. And it, it almost kind of sets off the season. Like, you know, all right, look, training camp's right around the corner. It's about time to go. And obviously the Vegas Golden Knights just got their season wrapped up. But uh, it just kind of feels like it, it's almost it's almost one of those things that happens and you realize what's coming next. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just Man. it's it's like a stage. Right. I <laughs> know. Uh, like, man, can you, I can't believe that actual training camp has actually already started. Right. I get another little tender nugget, man, I can give to, he can only get for me. I talked to Josh Jacobs out there in the field, and he was like, man, I showed up a little bit late because training camp started today. Right. I was at practice today. That's why uh, it took me a while to get out there. I'm like, goodness gracious. I thought you guys weren't supposed to really report until tomorrow. But he's like, I'm out there. I was out there, baby. Right. No, the rookies reported on Monday and the and the guys that were injured as well. And I remember during a mandatory minicab, and you'll remember you were out there in OTAs, he wasn't out there on the field. So I'm assuming yeah. he was nursing a little bit of an injury. I know Kenyon Drake said the same thing. So it all really gets started tomorrow. And then Thursday is with the practices uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And I know we'll see you out there. But just your interaction with the players, man. I mean, you were you interacting with Marshawn Lynch, uh, all the Golden Knights. I mean, all the players that came up to bat. Brian, you were right there. What was that interaction like? It was it was a whole lot of fun. One thing, talking to Jonathan Abram, he was talking about how somebody had gotten a little upset at him because he was taking it too serious. Because the first year, Abram was going ham out there. Yeah, and he was going. He was yeah. He was going ham. Um, but yeah, like the the Raiders came out ablaze, man. They came out and put a whole bunch of runs and looked like they're going to go three and zero in the series because the Golden Knights hadn't won a game in the third. You know, until this this third annual one and. uh I mean, the Raiders were taking it very serious. They were dancing down the third baseline and everything else. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. And then on the other side, the Golden Knights players, they were a little bit down. Like, I, they were a little bit down. Ryan Reeves out here striking out in right. slow pitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were a little bit down. And then you could really see how the tide turned. And those guys were truly, truly excited about winning and playing that game. Man. Into it. Yeah, you know, you're right. And and once once the Golden Knights started really rolling, they just rolled. I mean, it was no doubt about it. You saw it coming. It was like a it was like a train coming down the track, man. They just started getting on the roll. What'd you think about Alex Leatherwood diving into home plate? <laughs> First of all, Alex Leatherwood was way faster than I thought. Yep. I mean, he was super light on his feet, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and I and I thought about this. Alex Leatherwood rounding the bases, diving into home plate. Uh uh, Darren Waller running the bases, and I do not want to be anywhere near them dudes coming. I don't know how them hockey guys was even brave enough to stand there and catch the ball with big Alex Leatherwood coming your way. Are you kidding me? Right. No, and I'll tell you, and just, I mean, going back to training camp coming up, Brian, uh, Alex Leatherwood, he, he sounded very confident when we got to talk to him. We'll hear that uh, later on in the show. But, I mean, he sounded very confident. He sounded like he was in a good place. And last night, to me, he looked like he was in a good place. 
he really did, man. You can you could tell that he was absolutely enjoying himself out there. I mean, really, there wasn't a, a player on the field that didn't enjoy themselves. Like from the home run derby, you know what I mean, yeah. to the uh, to the actual game. It was <laughs> Denzel Perryman, <laughs> right? <laughs> the play where he swung the bat, and it was so hot and humid out there. The bat slipped out of his hand. He nearly decapitated Jack Eichel behind the plate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good time, man. That was a good time. No, it, it really was. And, again, we're talking with Brian Salmon right now from News 3 Las Vegas here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And Brian was the MC last night, so he was on the field. He was right in the middle of all the action, uh, had a, a up close, a personal not only seat but uh, interaction with all the players. And uh, Beastmo was out there, and he did a jersey swap early. He gave his uh, he gave his, his team Josh Jacobs jersey up for a, a vintage Buffalo Bills Marshawn Lynch jersey. What did you think of Beastmo out there and even starting to fight in the, in the infield? Oh man, how cool was that to see the the rumble, uh, the rumble at the Las Vegas ballpark between Marshawn Lynch and Ryan Reeves, and then when Alex Leatherwood started running out there, I'm like, oh, uh oh, I thought everyone was going to disperse. Man, Marshawn, he he started off because I was in the locker room when he first walked in there. They had they had a tub of Skittles at That's his locker. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so I was there when he walked in. He he had a really good time. I saw the pictures on your social media of uh, you know beast mode, really just kind of lounging and, and taking it all in. He, as you said, he he exchanged his jersey. He had a couple good hits. He was out the mid, and he was um he was partaking. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch is always partaking in something, so uh, that did not surprise me at all. Uh, you know, of course, it's softball, so there's a lot of things that go on, especially in a charity softball game like that. But uh, Marshawn was living his best life, and it's so funny, Brian. I was going to try to get a couple minutes with him, but then I just saw how, how cool and chill he was being and how relaxed he was. I was like, you know what? I ain't even going to bother him. <laughs> not even, exactly, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt, man. Because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to put him on the bench screen and, you know, ask him a couple questions. He actually came over when I was interviewing Ryan Reeves. Yeah. And he was drinking one of Ryan Reeves' drinks. And, uh, you know, I made a little comment, kind of put the microphone next to him, and he would say something that I didn't really understand. I was like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to actually go there because he may drop, he, he dropped some F bombs and all kind of bombs. You know, my kids were in the crowd, man. So right. I, I didn't want that. No, no, that was a good decision. It's so funny. It's so funny you said that because I was, I was see, I watched that when it happened when you were interviewing Ryan, and then he walked over there and you said something about Marshawn Lynch, and I thought, oh, Brian, don't put him on the mic. Don't put him on the <laughs> mic. <laughs> Not that we don't, don't want do to hear don't from do it, don't him. Do it. <laughs> yeah, we we want to hear from him, but we don't want to hear from him. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah, because lyrics would have come out of his mouth. Exactly, exactly, and like you said, man, kids were in the crowd. It was a family affair, so didn't want to uh, ruin anyone's uh, opportunity to go out there and have a good time. But uh, Brian, let's focus real quick on training camp, man. It gets all like I said, it gets going tomorrow in a major way. Thursday is the real practice, but. Uh, what are you looking for, man? There's a lot of different storylines going into the Raiders uh, training camp, but what, what is something that you're paying attention to? The one thing I'm paying attention to is something you were talking about before I came on, the pup list is just guys and their health. Right. I, you know, I, like last season, remember Josh Jacobs started training camp. He was injured. Uh, I, 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 want, I want him to be healthy. I want linemen to be healthy. I don't want guys, you know, unhealthy starting training camp. You're already starting behind the eight ball. Right. And something else that I'm really looking forward to seeing is really how fast and how crisp 
the the practices will be. Because I remember being in in New England when I was covering the Patriots, just mm-hmm. how their practices rolled. And I'm assuming that Josh Jacobs is going to be one of those guys that kind of runs a, a very crisp um, practice. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I, I'm hoping, I'll have my fingers crossed, that the Raiders could possibly, possibly give us some kind of cover. Can they, <laughs> can they, put, can they put a cover out there somewhere so we don't have to sit out there and, and feel like, you know, hamburgers at McDonald's under the heating lamp? Right, right. Yeah, we're going to definitely be out there uh, probably with no tent or anything. So we're probably going to get a little heated out there. But, I mean, it is what it is. You got your binoculars ready? (laughs) Man, I told you the story, man. I was literally working in New England when they changed that rule because they used to practice close to the media. And it was because Jimmy Garoppolo threw a bunch of interceptions. All the media people, that was the story for the day. And then the next, the very next day, the punters were on the side closest to the media and all the office everything was done like three fields away and it was like that way ever since yep and that's that's exactly how it was when we were at mandatory minicamp right (laughs) yeah it was all bad man the the patriot way has made its way to las vegas how about this we should be lucky that they even had numbers because in the very first the what the training camp that i was at the very first training camp i was at with the patriots bill belichick didn't even have the guys with jerseys with numbers Oh, they only wow. had the numbers on their helmets. We couldn't even tell who was who. Wow, yeah, that's a rough deal. I've heard of that. I've heard of that, and I've heard of uh, not having any numbers on the roster. So it just had the name, but it wouldn't have any numbers on the roster. <laughs> the Texans wow. did that. Yeah, they did that a couple years ago. So, yeah, that's not that's not ideal. It's less than ideal for all of us that are trying to get as much coverage as possible. But it should be fun, man. It's here. Are uh, you ready for the grind? I know you've been grinding. You never slow down. But are you ready for the grind that is the football season? Uh, I, I... – I don't know. Honestly, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a. Uh, oh, I'm not a uh, earthquake. I was, what's up, boys? I ain't never scared. Just now. Oh, oh, oh my crusher. goodness. Bone crusher. <laughs> bone crusher. Yeah, I'm not bone crusher. Thank you, Demond. I appreciate that, my man. Yeah, that I'm not is bone too crusher, funny. Man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little. I'm. I'm a little scared, man, because because as you know, man, some of these just got done. Yeah. The Aces are playing tonight. Yep. You know what I mean? Um yep. Tracy McGrady was just in the studio in his his one's basketball league. Like there's all aviators are always playing. There's, there's always something. High school football starting soon, man. Yep, yep. No, I know, I know, man. I, hey, look, it's a good problem to have, right? I mean, I don't want anyone to think it's a it's a bad problem. It's a great problem to have, but it, it is here. It is official, and uh, it all really gets ramped up on Thursday. But Brian, I'll be seeing you at the facility sooner rather than later, my man. Absolutely, and real quick, man. Everyone who's watching right now, be sure to tune in on the YouTube page for the Raiders for the training camp specials, man. I'm in the studio hosting with Eric Allen. We did our first one this past week. We got another one on Friday. Check it out. Nice. I like it. I like it. And then you're going to invite invite me back for another uh, go-around. We got to make this Absolutely. an annual thing. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you, you will be in studio with a fresh fade and wave spinning. Oh, yeah. You already know that. That's all I got left, Brian. That's all I got left. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for your time, my man. Great job last night emceeing the event. It was a lot of fun. We appreciate you. We'll catch up soon. My G, my boy Q, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There he goes, Brian Salmon right there, News 3 Las Vegas, on Twitter at Brian with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N, News 3, the number 3 L-V. Fantastic job. And uh, I say that I'm the guy around town, but uh, Brian's around town all the time. He's always taking care of something. I was like, hey, where's Brian? Oh, he's on the field with the microphone. Cool. There he goes. (laughs) 
So uh, good, great job last night. Uh, I think everyone did a great job that uh, helped put on the Battle for Vegas last night. Uh, I thought it was a great event for the fans to go and check it out and kind of get a taste of what both of these, uh, these two professional uh, organizations that are here in the Las Vegas area can bring to the table and uh, also raise money for charity. Over $200,000 was raised. So that's ultimately, at the end of the day, what really mattered. Many thanks to Brian for joining us right there. 346 is the time. We'll take more of your calls and texts. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Who will the team leaders be in catches, touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions? If you want to throw in another category, you can, but those are the ones that I'm asking about. Hit us up. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show to talk all things Raiders revenue as far as ticket sales goes for 2021 and how they were the number one team as far as ticket sales goes revenue-wise, creating money-wise. Not necessarily the number one team as far as sold the most tickets, but they created the most money. And we all know at the end of the day, the money, the revenue, that is what matters. We just talked to Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas at Brian News 3 LV on Twitter. He was the MC for the Battle for Vegas. That was a lot of fun last night. Team Riley Smith representing the Golden Knights. They picked up their first victory over the Raiders. Uh, so the Raiders are now 2-1 and one in the Battle for Vegas. But uh, we got a chance to talk to a couple folks out there at the game, like Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, A.J. Cole, and Alex Leatherwood. Right now, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation we had, a real brief conversation we had with A.J. Cole. How refined did you have to get the stash for an event like this? Yeah, I've been working on it for months now. I mean, it's all been in the works. Um, had to pull it out. I feel like the long hair, the stash, is going to increase my power by maybe three or four. Uh, speed's gone down two. Awareness has gone down one. But I think it's an overall improvement to my game. Is there any excuse for why this can't go 3-0? What's what's the determination level of the group to make this 3-0 against the Knights? Is that what, are we 2-0 right now? You are. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I knew that. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we're very determined. Uh, we've been talking about it for a year now, you know. We're ready to get on these guys, and uh, we got a great group. we got a lot of heart, got a lot of uh, integrity out here. We're going to have fun, and we're going to win the game. How about from the charity side of just this event and how big it is? People out here hours before just to watch you guys play some, you know, softball and hit balls out of the yard. What does that mean? Yeah, I think the community of Las Vegas is really special. I felt that ever since I first moved here. Um, it's a really, it's a, it's a big town, but it's a small town. And people tend to know each other, um, and everybody really cares around here. So it's awesome to look up in the crowd and see people here on a Monday night watching us, you know, trying to dink around some softball. So it's, it's awesome. It's great to get in the community and just be around these people that support us. And you know, it's, it's just great to be around them. Is there extra motivation from the punter standpoint to prove you're an extra athlete? You know, this is something with the, the bat speed and everything. Is there extra motivation there? Absolutely there is. Uh, anything I can do to try and prove myself as an athlete amongst my peers is huge for me, uh, whether it's weight room or softball tournament. That's really my goal. Uh, if, if if my teammates can look at me and say, you know what, AJ's actually kind of a decent athlete sometimes, that's really all I'm looking for. You played baseball in high school, didn't you? I did not play baseball in high school, but I did have MLB The Show 2012. <laughs> Close enough. And I raked. <laughs> Is this the final last hurrah before uh, training camp gets going, huh? It is, yeah. We start on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be an exciting year. We're really excited about all the guys we got. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, what have your, your impressions been of just the new regime when you went through OTAs and mandatory minicamp? Yeah, everybody I've met so far has just been great. Just really good people. The new coaches, the free agents, the draft picks. Everybody's really high-character guys. 
they're focused on winning, they're focused on the right things, everybody's head's in the right place, and so I'm excited to see what that leads to on the football field. What is your typical offseason like when you're continuing to stay in it, but you don't want to stay too much in it because you want to relax a little bit? Yeah, there's a fine balance of taking some time off, but also, you know, honing your craft and perfecting it. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to get around other NFL punters. I think that's the best yardstick for me to measure myself against. Um, so I was trying to be around those guys in these last couple of weeks and uh, compete with them. And yeah, you know, you want to find that balance, but uh, you know, that's that's kind of the fun of it, I guess. Is it a bittersweet as a, as a punter because you want to be used, you want to go out there on the field and punt, but you don't want to punt because that means you didn't score. Yeah, it is. It is a little <laughs> bit bittersweet because when you're jogging on the field, everybody on the stands is booing. Uh, but you know, you just kind of got to roll with the punches and. Uh, just play your game, I guess. I don't want to think about it too much in the course of the game. There he is, punter A.J. Cole, Raiders punter A.J. Cole, last night at the Battle for Vegas at the Las Vegas Ballpark. And, Damon, thank you for giving me that worthless nugget that, uh, that A.J. Cole played baseball in high school. What do you mean? You gave me that nugget yesterday, and he said I did not play baseball in high school. You want to know what it was? I read too fast, and it said basketball. But I didn't feel like correcting myself on air. Well, thanks. Because I sure asked him, hey, you played baseball in high school, didn't you? I did not. All right. Good. Good deal. So, yeah, that was a worthless nugget that DeMond gave me. That uh, That's why I verify everything before I say it. But that's okay. We played it off. He did play baseball on a video game, and he raked, as you heard him say. So there is that. But that was A.J. Cole from last night. It was good catching up with him. He's a he's a funny dude, man. He's a, he's a quirky dude. He's got his own little, you know. He's just a, he's a jokester at times, and Daniel Carlson, I feel like he is as well. Those special teams guys, man, they're a little bit different, right? But they're quirky. Hey, man, no, seriously, that's it's the little quirky thing. You know, you're a quirky dude too. I mean, you got you know you got your own little, you know, one day you're weightlifter of the year, next day you're the cowboy, next day you're like mixing and matching. I mean, you know, you got little different strange quirks about yourself. You're cool. That's cool. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I think we all got a little quirkiness to us. You know, we we all are a little bit. A little bit different. Speaking of uh, uh, guys that are different, how about my guy, Gangster Raider? Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? <laughs> what's up, Q? Chillin', man. Chillin'. <laughs> uh, hey, oh, with the um, injuries, the nickels, and um, Big Hank, do you think that's opened the door to bring back Fireline? And what if Fireline just show up and report? Do you think they'll turn him away? And as far as the, um, I think the leader in sacks this year is going to be Max Crosby. But he's only going to lead um, Chandler Jones by like two. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think he gets like 17. I think Chandler Jones gets 15 stacks, but he's going to have like seven um, sports fumbles to go with it. And also, um, shout out to this um, Raiders Classic channel I just discovered on YouTube. It's this Raiders Classic channel. You can watch a bunch of old Raider games. Nice. And I literally just got finished watching the 2010 Week 7 game against Denver when we put up 59 points mm. uh, in Denver. That was Josh McDaniels. Yeah, that was that was the McDaniels four-touchdown game, but that was Josh McDaniels' first ever AFC division game. It was against us, and we put mm. up 59 points. I think that was our best game in modern history in, like, years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels was on the other sideline. I think ever since then, he secretly wanted to be the Raider coach. And so I think we put up we we could have put up sixty easy that game, and I think with Josh McDaniels seeing the potential that we did to him, I think he's going to reverse it and do the same thing to the Chargers when we play them on Monday. You know what I'm saying? And another question I have is about the all the events. Do you know how do we get tickets? To, do we have to purchase for each like event or whatever? Because I'm already going to the game. But what about the festivities? Do y'all know anything about that? How does that work? What, what was right, it too? You, hold on, hold on. You cut out. I didn't. I didn't hear what, what event you were talking about. The Hall of Fame. 
Yeah, the Hall of Fame, because I got yeah. a ticket to the game. But what about the other events? Do you have to buy tickets to the induction ceremony and, and all that? How does that work, and how do I get information on that? Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, you can go to the Hall of Fame uh, website. Matter of fact, uh, check them out. I was actually, It's funny that you said that. I was looking at it uh, earlier today. I'm seeing if it's still up on my on my computer. It's not. But you can uh, go to the Hall of Fame website, and they'll show you all the information to give you all the breakdowns of when the events are going to be and what time they are. Uh, like the parade, you obviously don't have to buy tickets to the parade, but there are events that you have to buy tickets to, including the enshrinement. So uh, make sure you do that. Uh, we're looking forward to being out there the whole week leading up to the enshrinement for Cliff. It's going to be a hell of a celebration. Uh, we found out when uh, his representation is going to be speaking and, and talking for him, uh, and, and the, his bus is going to be revealed. So we'll talk about that later on in the show. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. Demond, do we have time for Shields Up real quick? We got time. All right, Shields Up, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Q, how you been, man? I'm good. Blessed, man. How are you doing? Uh, it, the hibernation is over, bro. <laughs> it is time to wake up. It's a new era. I came down from the mountains, and the first thing I needed was a shave and a shower. <laughs> it is time to start watching some football, right? Can right. You help me out here, man. Woo! It's like a walk across the desert. Listen, so your show's about categories? Yeah, I was, about? I was talking about who's going to be team leaders and catches, touchdowns, sacks, interceptions. If you want to throw right. a different category in there, you can. I, I, I do your, your top four. Go ahead, shoot. First one. Catches. Catches, Adams, 90-plus. Go ahead. Touchdowns. Touchdowns, Adams. Sacks. Sacks, Crosby. Over 10, possible over 14. Go ahead. And interceptions. Interceptions, boring. Breakout year, second year, with about four or five, man. Hey, okay. thank you for taking my call, Q. And, 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 and I'm, back, I'm, back, I'm back in the internet. Let's nice. go. There he is. There he is. Shields up his back. Thank you for the call, my man. I'm glad when he said he came off the mountain and all he had to do was uh, shower and shave. I'm glad he didn't have to do anything else. Uh, and I'm sure, Damon, you, you were appreciative of that as well. 3.57 is the time. When we come back, thank you, Gangster Raider. Thank you, Shields up for the call. We appreciate you. When we come back, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.